This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 30th, 2019. And, well, you know, the market was pretty, the week was pretty exciting, and it actually was an up week, a positive week for the market this week, which is kind of unusual. So it was a pleasant surprise. And, you know, we have all kinds of news out there, trade negotiations, economic reports, and, of course, now the big news of the hurricane targeting Florida. And it's supposed to be a Category 3 now, but maybe Category 4 by the time it hits shore. So, And it's moving very slow. That means it's going to dump a ton of water. Lots of flooding. So hopefully, hopefully you guys out there in Florida will take uh, shelter anyways. Um, the market has gone up. Then it's gone down. Then it's going sideways. I mean, for the last couple of months, nothing but sideways. Nothing exciting going up or down. And it's been driven by news. Now that earnings season is behind us, it's always about news. And so, uh, you know, what's the is Whatever's in the news is driving it. And, of course, the big news of the day is is trade talks with China, right? I mean, that's what the big news is. Until something else comes along, we're going to be focused on that. Investors and traders are going to be focused on that. And, therefore, it's going to be difficult because you're going to try to figure out, well, what do you do with your investments? Well, hopefully you'll call me and we can talk about it. I'm Steve Peasley, and I really do thank you for joining me today. And hope you'll call. Because I want to help. I'll help any way I can. Answer, you know, answer all the financial questions you might have. And if I don't have an answer, I got lots of software in front of me. So that's, I pull all the information up. If I don't, I'll tell you I don't. But, you know, you, just, you drive the show wherever you want it to go. And all this effort is to try to get you to be financially free at some point. It's difficult. It's difficult for young people. It's difficult for everybody, but especially young people who are just getting started and not knowing how to do it, where do they put the money, how do they invest it, that kind of thing. Because, you know, no one's really taught the young people, and this has been a failing of a lot of parents, you know, how to save and invest money. Very few of my relatives have taught their kids that. So it's something that, you know, that maybe we can help you with at this stage of your life if you're listening to the show. So we're going to move you toward that goal, that financial freedom goal. But to do that, you got to call. And the number is 888-99-CHART and ask questions, 888-992-4278. Now, um, I want to thank the clients and prospective clients and all those who met with me yesterday in San Jose. I actually had six meetings yesterday, uh, all day long, and uh, it was kind of very, very interesting and fun to talk to people. It's always interesting to see what other people are doing with their money and how they earn their money and how they got the, the wealth that they've gotten or, or if they're just starting out. It's always interesting. I think it's always interesting. That's why I like doing them. So um, I hope I help some people out there, and uh, I will be in New York City. My next trip is New York City, and that is, um, uh, but I will return to San Jose on October 10th. New York City, I'll be there uh, in September, 
September, and that's full already, so that can't help you there. But I'll be in San Jose again on October 10th, and then back to New York City on November 7th. So, I hope I can show you how to do better. I hope I can help guide you in your financial, in your, your, your quest for that financial freedom target that we look for. Anyways. Please register early so you can get your own time or whatever time you want during the day. Um, and, you know, I hope to see you. If you want me to look at your portfolio, I'd be happy to do that. Don't have to be, you know, I'll look at it even, you know, if you want to send it to me, I'll look at it too. And tell you my opinions if that's what you want. Anyways, time to give you a call. I'd love to talk to you. Um, what happened in the market today? The market was up today. Well, it's actually mixed today. The Dow was up 41 points. The S&P down 15. I mean, the NASDAQ down 15. The S&P up 2. So that's what we had going on today. Um, we're, what we're going to talk about today is that one of the main talking points is the business roundtable, an association of the most powerful chief executive officers, CEOs in the U.S., they said the era of shareholder primacy is over. I, I think that quote is very pompous, very, uh, think about it. They're the CEO of a public company. They don't own the company. Who owns the company? Shareholders own the company. And they're saying the days of shareholder primacy is over. The owner, you're saying you don't, the days you put in the owners first above everything else is over? So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I think that's, I think we've got to vote them all out. You feel that way? Get them out of there. Now, we'll see what they're saying. What, 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 is they, what do they mean by that? Okay, also, what's happening with Social Security? You know, we've talked about it a couple, three times recently. And I want to talk about some of the changes that they're making or they're proposing to make. Okay, do you know the worst month of the year is upon us? That'd be September. So we're talking about that too. Most expensive state to buy a home. Dude, based on the price of the home and property taxes. And closing costs when you buy the home. So what is the most expensive state to buy a home? What's the cheapest state? Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. It's not California, and it's not New York. Neither one of those. So we'll talk about that. And, of course, whatever's on your mind, we're going to talk about that. Uh, you know, uh, you drive the show. What do you guys want to discuss? We're now getting into, let's see, this is the last month of the third quarter, September is. And then we get in, start, start moving in October and November, December, which is where the the three best months, the three the end of the year, three months of the year and the beginning of the three months of the year, that six-month period is the best in historical terms for returns on the S&P 500. But we'll see. We'll see if that's the best or not. This is the best talk, and we have an important invitation for you. Um, of course, I'll be talking about the newsletter today, too, just in case you didn't know. Um, so, the important inv invitation is our new KPP Wealth Management Conference. We're going to have a new conference. This one is entitled Earning Yields, Earning Yield in a No-Yield World, Investing in Real Estate, Stocks, and Bonds. 
Now, the learning event will be led by me and Justin, and plus we'll have a couple of uh, two real estate experts there, and, and, and a trust attorney also. That's going to be October 12th. To October 12th, that's when the conference will take place in Irvine, California. You can sign up early to re- get a reduced price if you want. Learn more at investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your financial and investment questions live at 888 99Chart. It has been a fast-moving Friday. The Labor Day weekend is here or just minutes away. Steve Peasley has returned from his portfolio review consultation trip to San Jose. And he's here now taking your finance and investment questions live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. I'm Farhan calling from Toronto, Canada. Love the show and appreciate the insight you two share. My question is, for the 2000-2001 recession, the dot-com bubble popped, which was a catalyst. For the 2008 recession, the subprime mortgage crisis happened, which was a catalyst which blew a hole in a lot of companies, financial institutions, books. For the impending recession, should we expect another industry or sector to falter and bring us into it? Thanks. Well, this recession that we're going to have, you know, there's, there's come, back in the 2000, uh, 2001 recession, we had a, a, a dot-com bubble. The 2008 recession, we had a financial bubble. You know, with a, anybody who was breathing could borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a house. Had no no way to pay the house, pay the mortgage back, pay the mortgage even. But, there, you know, it, it, those two things. Today, we don't have either one of those things. We're And those things, I'm just talking, even though those things were back in the past, we don't have a bubble that I can see. The only possible bubble that you might be described as a bubble is the... Um, is the the yields on treasuries way way low, right? I mean, is that a bubble? So we don't have a a, a bubble that should just like we did back then in those two recessions to, should cause massive amounts of uh, job losses and stock market crash. Shouldn't we don't have anything like that at this point? What we do have is you have a world economy slowing down, and that's putting pressure on us. We have a, a trade war going on, and that's putting pressure on us, our economy. And, but we're still growing, and we still have lots of jobs. So the question is, is if we're going into a recession, how bad can it be? How bad is it going to be? We don't have the same forces at work to drive us into recession. We do have problems, issues, but not the same extent. So I'm not overly worried about, about it, and I don't think you should either. I really don't think we should all be tearing our hair. As long as a consumer keeps spending, and as long as a consumer has a job and getting the raises, you, yeah, it would be hard for us to fall in a recession. We are technically, technically in our industrial section in a recession, but it's pretty, pretty soft, pretty soft. Interesting stuff. Two-year treasury yield, by the way, here's the benchmark numbers, uh, 1.53. The 10-year treasury, 1.52. So we still have an aversion. The shorter-term treasury is yielding more than the long-term, even though it's one basis point. Seven out of 10 stocks in S&P 500 are paying dividends higher than this U.S. treasuries, by the way. So 
So, so you, you you make more money in dividends. Gold was at fifteen twenty seven per ounce, which, by the way, equates to about forty nine dollars and twelve cents per gram. Uh, Bitcoin dropped under ten thousand. Now is now back to nine thousand five hundred eighty three. Oil is at fifty six dollars and twenty four cents a barrel. Gasoline at two hundred two dollars and fifty eight cents per gallon on average across the country. That's up a penny from yesterday. And consumer Senate number went down sharply at 89 to 89 in this most recent survey. Uh, the U.S. economy is still growing at a steady 2% or so per year, powered by the strongest labor market in decades. I mean, they had, we had the, the a revision of the GDP number, and that's what it came in at 2. It was 2.1%. Then the revision is two, down to 2%, down a tenth. Um, and, you know, so, uh, where was I? Uh, Americans are still pretty confident, okay, pretty confident about the market. Long as that, long as the consumer spends, we're going to be fine. Hurricane, is it, Dor- what's the name? Doran? Dor- Dorian. Hur- Hur- Hurricane Dorian is coming. I think it's going to be here like late this weekend sometime, this holiday weekend. How would you like to be in Florida and not be able to, you're not going to celebrate the holiday. That's for sure. You're batting up the hatches there at your house. Um, that No one really knows what path it's going to take. They just, they, you know, you've seen, you've seen it. I've seen the big cone saying, well, this is where it's probably going to land. And the further out they try to predict it, the bigger the cone. I mean, they at one point said it was going to land in between, on, come come on to land anytime, anywhere between Florida and Georgia. Well, yeah, that's the two states. That's like saying it's going to come to land anywhere between L.A. and San Francisco. And for us living on the West Coast, we know that's a huge spot. Where along that? And they can't, they really can't get much closer to that. You know, so the winds, I think the sustained winds is a category three is 100, 111 miles an hour. So be careful out there. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe everybody investors should determine their individual risk tolerance, which would be a first step in building a more profitable investment, one that can be sustainable and that you will be willing to stay with. And to do that, to find out what your personal risk tolerance is, you've got to take our risk questionnaire on investtalk.com. InvestTalk.com. Take the risk questionnaire. It's very few questions. It's pretty quick. And now I'm ready to take your calls and questions at 888-99-CHART. It's a Friday, and you are working to achieve financial freedom. Okay, and if you find any extra time over the weekend, you might do a little web surfing to InvestTalk.com. There's a wealth of investment guidance online, and you can read about the many strategic investing programs offered by KPP Financial. But for now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Jim in Indiana. How you doing, Jim? I'm great, Steve. Thank you for the show. Thank you. I was calling tonight about uh, um, the Brazilian uh, all-market ETF, EWZ Echo Whiskey Zebra. 
Um, it looked like it hit kind of a bouncing off a triple bottom. And, you know, I'm, it looks like a good opportunity to make a short-term trade. Um, not necessarily prone to that, but it, it just seems like a good opportunity right now. Wanted to get your thoughts. You know, I know they're dealing with fires and whatnot down there, but it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, uh, thank you for the call. And uh, yeah, is EWZ, which is the Exchange Traded Fund Seeking Performance Correspondent to the Brazilian 2550 Index. So there are major index out there, down there. Um, when, when he's talking about triple bottom, he's looking at a chart, everybody. A chart of the stock moving up and down, up and down. It bottomed in January about $180. Wait a minute, this is the wrong last Tesla. Hold on. EWZ. I thought I typed that, I typed that in. Okay, there it is. Yeah, that makes much more sense. Okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, it, it bottomed in, uh, let's see, last, shoot, middle of May, uh, right around $37 a share. Um, and then made up, ran up to 47 now came back to 39 and the last three days, it gone up to $40.99. So, yeah, I, I could see a bottoming, and I could see the resistance going to be in the upper 40s. So, you have the lower 40s as bottoming of our high 30s. And now, you're thinking you're going to trade up to 47 That could easily happen because it is range-bound. It has been for a couple of years now. And, you know, you're going to buy it on the lows and sell on the highs. The, the, the low 30s would be a better, you know, better range. You know, if, we, if it went down there, that would probably be a better buy point. But this is a buy point because of the, you know, the more recent bottom it put in. So you can try it, but don't, uh, you know, we're moving into September. September is usually a bad month, so you got to be careful. But when you're talking about Brazil, you got to kind of understand what's going on down there. And to be perfectly honest, I'm not that attuned to what's going on in their economy. I know their politics stink, but what's going on in their economy, I'm not sure. So it's a high-risk play, Gene, but, you know, one you can try and see if it works. Good luck with it. I hope it works. My main talking point today concerns the story. The era of the shareholder primacy is over. Now, can this be true? So we're going to talk about that. And what what the article is talking about is that the CEOs are saying that they don't have to put their shareholders' interest first. They're not the primary concern. And to me, that seems very um, pompous. Remember, these CEOs serve at the discretion of the shareholders. The shareholders are the one who votes these, the board of directors in. The board of directors is the one who appoints the CEOs. So, you know, we can, you know, the shareholders can say, nah, guess what? You're, we want these people fired. And if you don't fire them, we're going to vote you, the board, out. It's not that can be that. Who is the ultimate owner of these companies? The shareholders. Now, I just think it seems if that's their attitude, they should not be the president or CEO of the company because they're not the owners of the company. So the owners of the company, their interests come first because they own the company. Think about you owning a company. You you have a company. You own it. 
and someone else tells you, well, we're not going to put your interest first. We're going to do put other people's interest first or the state's interest first or whatever it is that they think that they should do uh, seems awful unusual to me. I don't see how that can work out. I don't see how that can be. I, I, that's not sustainable because they'll be voted out. And so... I just, it's hard for me to believe that um, that kind of attitude will last very long. Um, now, I can see how it is because these CEOs can last for many, many, many years and they think that their job is totally secure and they they're, they're think that they don't have to worry about anybody firing them. Some of the CEOs had such an incestuous relationship with the board of directors that, you know, that, you know, they kind of wash each other's hands or cover each other's, you know what. And I can see that. But the ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate vote, the ultimate decision maker is the owners of the stock. They just have to get together to make decide. Gold is a fairly rare precious metal, right? Which has been coveted for centuries. And now as we go into break, here's my financial trivia question. When was the gold, when was gold, the when was the gold standard abandoned? Remember the gold standard. When was it abandoned? And in the entire world, how much gold exists above ground? How much gold is there out there that we can feel and touch? I'll have the answer and explain after the break. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your calls and questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Feasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, um, before the break, I asked a trivia question. When was the gold standard abandoned? And in the entire world, how much gold exists above ground? How much gold is there out there? Here is the answer. Gold is a precious metal that has been used for coinage, jewelry, and other arts throughout recorded history. In the past, a gold standard was often implemented as a monetary policy. However, gold coins ceased to be minted as a circulating currency in the 1930s. However, later, after 1971, the world gold standard was abandoned. 1971. 
And as of 2015, there was a total of 186,700 metric tons of gold that exists above ground. We say above ground because they're still they're still mining it, right? I mean, so one uh, so 186,700 tons of gold. Think about that. Of all of history, all of history, people hoarding and wanting gold. And of course, there's gold that's been lost. We know that. But there's only 186,000 tons of it. That, to me, that's not very much in the entire world. And this fact will probably surprise you. As of 2017, world, the world's largest gold producer by far was China. Okay, speaking of financial freedom, a ton of gold in the U.S. was worth just about $46 million U.S. dollars in 2019. So if you had a ton of gold, you'd be worth $46 million and a half, 46 and a half million dollars. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. Now let's grab another question. This, this, that came in earlier in our Intertime listening line number. That number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Megan Ryder from San Jose, and I have a question regarding stock market, and I'm new to this kind of stuff, and I just started listening to the talk show, and I just wanted to know what the best way was to get started on investing when I don't have a lot of money to spare and how to keep my risks and losses at a minimum just to gain some momentum and to make my way into the world of the stock market. I'd love to take some tips and let me know how I can get started. Thanks. Bye. Well, you sound fairly young, so the probably the best method would be through an IRA and probably a Roth IRA. Um, and the reason being because you can grow money tax-free in a Roth IRA. You can do it in a regular IRA, too. But, you know, when you're young, the younger you are, the better I like Roths because it will grow all those years tax-free, and you don't ever have to take it out if you don't want to. You have the complete freedom. In a regular IRA, you have to you have to start taking it out at age 70 and a half. And when you do target taking it out, you have to pay taxes on it. But you don't pay taxes on the money you put in. Yes, tax deductible. So those are the difference. So find out the difference. But I would suggest a Roth for you. And you probably should stay with the S&P 500 index. Open up a discount, maybe at you know E-Trade or TD Ameritrade, one of those discount brokerages, and buy the SPY, which is the S&P 500. That means you only are holding 500 stocks. Now, try to remember the stock market is volatile. It doesn't go in one direction. It goes in two directions. But over long periods of time, it always has gone up. If you can avoid panicking out when the market does it dumps the prices of all the stocks, don't panic out. You'll be you'll do very well. Most people do panic out, and that's what you shouldn't do. You should buy more when the market crashes, not sell. Try to remember that in your investment life. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today to all subscribers. And, of course, I, I try to fill it with all kinds of impactful information, information you need, information you should know about every week. If you just read my KPP Premium Newsletter, you would be up to date on what's going on economically all the time. And it will teach you. We, you know, it has a stock section. It has a portfolio management section. It has a, you know, a section on consumer 
Uh, we call it Consumer Watch and what's going on with the consumers out there and scams and where your bargains are, those kind of things. So this week, uh, the stock market jitters, you know, produced an up week. However, in the newsletter, it, it was a down month, down month, month of August. Remember, this is the 30th, so the last trading day of the month. So, you know, the best week we've had in a long time, we've just completed. Okay, the longer the, the market, and the market is moving sideways, and I mentioned this in the newsletter. It's been moving sideways. I mentioned this on the radio. The longer it can move sideways, the better the chance that the market will rise. And I'm talking about weeks. You know, more weeks it moves sideways, the more of a chance that it will rise. Rise. And September will tell us. September is, you know, an important month. Um, now, in previous newsletters, I have stated that President Trump will want to tra- a trade deal with China before his re-election. He's going to want to be able to point to that as a success, right? He, you know he is. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious. So, uh, if he doesn't get a deal, his opposition will point to him and see tell, and tell, tell everybody what, a, what a, a failure he is on, on these trade deals that he has. So, you know, he, it's important for him to get it done. It's important for them, his, his opponents, not to get it done. But, you know, he's kind of in charge of that. So, he can make it happen. So, in the newsletter, I talked about uh, some foreign companies, master limited partnerships, real estate investment trusts. You know, we talked about those kinds of things. Uh, because interest rates are so low, people are searching for yield. And those are the kinds of things that you can get a yield from. Okay, um, so in the in the stock ideas section, um, uh, we're talking about electric and gas transmission company, uh, plus, you know, we talk about utilities. So, you know, a utility play that pays a 5.6 dividend, 5.6% dividend. So that's kind of interesting. And, and then the market, the, the consumer wants a, 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 a popular scam is, is gaining traction. Uh, and this is a, called a victim for a friend's the friend scam the friend, and these are scammers that make friends with you. You think you have the same thing in common. You met them at church. You met them at a social event, and you know, and they're they're just so nice people, you know, and they want to help you know society a lot of times. And oh, I'm putting together this charity, and may, maybe you would like to help me with it, you know. And then you put in money, and they're gone. You know, you're also going to be taken by actual friends and relatives. We all know we've had that happen where friends and relatives borrow money and you don't see the money. I'll give you a little rule. Don't lend money to anybody. Give them the money. Then you won't ever worry about coming back to you. If you want to help somebody out, that's your family or friend, just give them the money. Because then you lend it with terms and conditions to get it back and the obvious uh, goal to get that money back, you'll pro- you're going to be disappointed. And take it from me, I've lent plenty of money to family members. I don't do that anymore. If I want to help them out, I just give it to them. It's a lot cleaner, simpler. 
and just as actually it ends up being less painful because you know you're not you don't expect the money back just a, just a helpful hint out there this is the best talk i'm steve peasley and i hope you can you're making the right choices in your portfolio I mean, you know, it's difficult, especially your 401ks when you get very limited choices to make. And which choice do you make? Which one? You have those target-dated funds? Should you pick those? I hate those things, by the way. I just uh, hate probably too strong a term. I dislike them. And I've mentioned why. But, you know, it's very difficult to know what you should do with your 401k. So, we have at KPP Financial a math-based model guidance system on 401ks. With it's called Active 401k program, and they monitor and advise you what to invest in your particular 401k with your particular choices, depending on how much your risk you want to take to so adjust to your risk tolerance. So, if you're interested in that, if you really want to read more about it, the Active 401k, go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com. That's with two T's and no space in there, by the way. InvestTalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live here at 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk, made possible by KPP Financial. For serious investors interested in improving their ability to build financial freedom, we have an important invitation to a new KPP Wealth Management Conference. Earning yield in a no-yield world. Investing in real estate, stocks, and bonds. Speakers will include InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, and they'll be joined by real estate experts and a trust attorney. The October 12th conference in Irvine, California, will cover these topics. Understanding real estate investing, from buy and hold to vacation rentals and land banking. How the trade war and economic trends will affect stocks and bonds ways to increase your income potential and defer taxes using trusts, and a lot more. Seating is limited to 50 attendees. Sign up early to get reduced pricing. Tell your friends the newest KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference is set for October 12th. Learn more and sign up now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Travis from Portland, Oregon. I'm calling in regards to REITs. Last week on the show, Steve mentioned REITs being used as a potential defensive strategy, you know, in, in a market correction. So I guess I was curious as to what, uh, what industry within the real estate world, you know, or, or is it more of a, the diversity that's within the REIT? What parameters would I be looking for to find a REIT that is somewhat defensive. And you know, a follow-up on that is when I'm looking at these REITs and evaluating, uh, I'm concerned about uh, UBIT and UDFI because it is a self-directed IRA that I'd be investing with. And so where would I find out if I am going to have to pay UBIT or something of that nature? And if I do, do I have to file taxes as an LLC? Looking forward to hearing your uh, thoughts and input on the show. And thank you for everything you guys do. Okay, well, on InvestTalk Academy, I had a class of t- two or three weeks ago about REITs, about investing in REITs and all the benefits and the drawbacks. And I gave a list of uh, 50, 60 REITs uh, in that class. 
And when I was looking at it at that time, I, I you know, there, you can invest in usually REITs. I, I mentioned stay away from mortgage REITs, okay? Mortgage REITs are not a wise idea at this point. I'd rather have you buy the actual REIT that owns actual properties. And, and I suggested at that time maybe the medical REITs, which are, you know, they, these would be owning hospitals, adult care, assisted living facilities, those kinds of things. And the reason being is because there's a lot of baby boomers getting older and they're going to be using those facilities. And I think that long term, the income potential is pretty solid. Now, there are, t- you got to be careful. There are different tax consequences for REITs. REITs, uh, if you're, REITs, to qualify for a REIT, they have to pay 90% of their their income to you in the form of a dividend. But that dividend is tra- treated as ordinary income. A REIT dividend is ordinary income. So whatever tax bracket you're in, you have to pay. So they're kind of better suited, really, to an IRAs, where there is no tax consequences of any kind. So if you're asking me what area to be in, I kind of like... I kind of like medical REITs and uh, probably infrastructure REITs at this point, because at some point down the road, uh, the government, the government meaning U.S. government, is going to spend money on infrastructure. Not next year, though, So because that, nothing's going to happen in election year. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. And try to remember, the Federal Reserve does not want to have any impact on the election. So they, if they're going to raise rates anymore or lower rates anymore... They'll do it the first part of next year. End of this year, I think they're going to lower rates at least two or three more times. I think they'll do it maybe one more time this year, but and possibly two times completely this year and next year. And if they raise again, it'll be, I mean, lower again, it'll be in after the election after that. And there's, there's specific reasons why I'm saying this. I'm just not pulling this out of my hat. Um, I'm looking at history and what the Fed has normally done in the past, and I'm assuming that we are going to have a weak economy, possibly going into recession, and that assumption could be totally wrong, and then there won't be lowering rates. Okay? Here's an interesting story about gold bars since we were talking about that. Gold bars with fake labels are making their way into our banking system. Now, here's a story. Gold bars that have been fraudulently fraudulently tamped, stamped with the logos of major refineries are being inserted into the global market to launder smuggled or illegal gold. Still gold. This news comes from Reuters, which cites refining and banking executives. They're saying that this is happening. Bars worth of at least $50 million are stamped to Swiss refinery logos, and they're fake. They're real gold, but the logos are fake. Hmm. Now, it's not too clear. It's not too clear who's doing it, who's manufacturing these things. Don't know yet. I thought that was interesting. This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. We all want to do that. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, a best of show. Why household wealth for baby boomers is now 12 times greater than that of millennials. That story Monday. 
But for now, Steve Peasley is here live and he's taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, um, I was interested in picking up Disney for a long-term hold in my IRA. I'm only 33, so I've got a while. Um, I was wondering if you think this is a good place to pick it up or if I should try to wait until uh, we get into a recession. I don't know. What do you think? Thank you. Bye. Disney, Walt Disney Company, uh, I think it's a very good, solid, blue-chip core holding. That's what I think. Worldwide entertainment uh, company dealing with media parks, resorts, movies, you know. Great, great company. Big company, $247 billion company. Their earnings last quarter jumped 33%. Their sales jumped 33%. Earnings only jumped 2%. Now, the year before, the year of 2019, this year, the estimate is for them to earnings to go down despite the great growth in sales. Isn't that interesting? From $7 down to $5.90 and then back up a little bit in 2020 to $6.04. It's $137 stock, so it's not cheap. I would not buy it at this level. It's too expensive. I would, if it gets down to, it's at 137, gets down to the 110 to 120 range, I think that would be, excuse me, a much better place to buy this. Much better place. It's just too expensive right now. And it's too expensive because it's doing very well. It pays a 1.3% dividend. So you need to buy it right. You need to buy it right. They don't have much debt. Very little. Uh, great return on equity, 24%. Remember, that's on a, $247 billion company. That's a great return on equity. So um, it's a great company to have, but you need, to, I would wait, especially coming into September. September is usually the weakest month of the year. You might get a you might get a pullback. And this Disney topped at around 146 and it's 137 now. So, you know, if we have a further deepening of the correction, Disney will probably fall. Disney, D-I-S, Disney Corporation. 888-99 charters our number 888-992-4278. Okay, Social Security. There's an argument that, and I've talked about when to take Social Security benefits. There's a new argument about taking them earlier at your full retirement age. Why? Because winding this way through Congress is the, is changes to the Social Security system. So if you're close, they may change this the uh, the eligibility date to 70 years old instead of 67. That's what they're thinking about. Full retirement age to be 70. And to be perfectly honest, they probably need to do that. But are they going to do it for everybody or to people of a certain age? How, how's that going to work? So the argument is, well, if you're right there near near retirement, it might be smarter because you don't know what the law is going to, what they can change the law. You don't know exactly how it's going to change or what it's going to mean to you. So that's the argument. Personally, I think, I don't think you have to worry about too much. I think what they'll do is they'll they'll do it like they did last time. They'll assign the uh, uh, the full retirement age in groups. In other words, if you were born between this period and that period, it'll be 68. If you're born that period to this period, it'll be 69 years old. And for that, so on and so forth, it'll be 70 years old. So they'll graduate it like that. And right now, the full retirement is age 67. It used to be 65. Right now, 67. Anyways, so just be aware that, that there's changes going on. Most expensive state to buy a home and live in it. 
Number one, and don't you know if you guess California and New York, you're totally wrong. It's Massachusetts, Massachusetts, because the houses are for expensive, but their property tax rate is high. Even though they're not the highest tax rate, highest tax property rate is the number second most expensive place to buy, and that's New Jersey. They have okay, their their property tax rate. Base rate, base tax, property tax rate is 2.43%. What's the cheapest place? By the way, California's the highest average price of a home is Hawaii, not California, and not New York. Hawaii. But they're not the most expensive place to buy a house. Closing costs and taxes. Isn't that interesting? So, just so you know, not California, even though it seems like it should be. <laughs> if you try to buy a house here, it's just, you know, especially in the Silicon Valley area. Oh, my goodness. Properties are hugely expensive. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Monday is a holiday. I will be back on Tuesday, though. I'll be here. Enjoy the Labor Day weekend, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KP.